Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it! One of the items we often talk about on Marketing Money Podcast is geofencing, geoconquesting, and the digital uh, attacking of your consumer you're trying to get ads in front of, because we all know we're on the phone all the time, it seems like, these days. Rain Local is a company that we endorse uh, that's a partner with our show, and they help you by placing the ads on the phone in zones and places you want the ads to be seen. So if you want to get your to your customer on the phone, check out rainlocal.com. That's rainlocal.com on your internet and tell them Marketing Money Podcast sent you if you talk to them. We're back again with the Marketing Money Podcast at marketingmoneypodcast.com. Your every other week deep dive into the world of bank marketing and everything involved with sports. Okay, Josh, what do you want to talk about in the sporting world today? Hmm. Because we always have to have the fake pre-start sports thing, but but we're always a couple weeks behind or a week ahead, depending on when we record, so the news we have may be old news by the time you get there. Yeah, tournament's about to start. A little March Madness. Yeah, I don't care. I care. I care about my Tennessee Vols. They'll probably be a two seed. Yeah, they'll be in there. They'll blow up and they'll, choke. They'll do something... I don't know. They're good though. They're a really good team. They're they're good. Saw them live. You saw them live. You were there. Yeah. They're fast and big. Fast and big. Yeah. I don't think they're like Sweet Sixteen material. Oh no. They're they're Grade Eight shoe in. Elite Eight shoe in. Grade Eight. You think? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I bet you lunch on April first. Uh, they don't make it. Oh yeah. On April Fool's Day. Great. Sure. Sure enough. That they don't make it. Anyway. I'll say they don't make it out of the Sweet 16. I'll say they make it to the grade eight. Okay. Yep. I win. All right. So next on the podcast, we have people who chose poorly on their NCAA picks. No. What are we going to talk about today, Mr. Mavis? Uh, That's not, we're not talking about verbal fillers. Yeah. No, no verbal fillers. Okay. What do you want to speak about today? Hmm. Uh, you know, there it's going around the um, the circles, the bank marketing circles. That Wall Street Journal wrote this um, column about small banks. I think it's kind of like the movie The Ring. If you read it in your smaller bank, you're kind of falling. You're cursed. You're cursed. Yeah. I, I mean, I've I've seen some. Some feedback to it that I I think I would call. I'll say this: I thought it was a good article, and I think that would be very unpo- uh, an unpopular opinion amongst some people who read it and sort of had some feedback. I, that would call on the defensive side that banks that small banks are investing in technology, but I think what there there are some warning signs that I think if bankers just kind of become defensive and like but we but we do this that they're sort of missing the warning sign there and um, I work with banks in some rural 
areas like what was described. If you didn't, if you, rural, rural, real rural. That's a hard word to say, but it's if, an awful rural. rural, rural, rural. If you haven't read the article, basically it, it's super pro big bank um, because I can't say names of banks. Um, you can read it yourself, um, and a little. It's somewhat down on small banks and 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 very. But generalist. it shows three or four specific ones. Yeah, was, I think it, you know you can't create a whatever you want to call an accurate picture of every community bank by this. But there might be some canary in the coal mine uh, takeaways from it. Well, I would say so. It was like basically these banks bought um, when I don't know when B of A pulled out of some smaller markets, left some branches there. Some banks bought those um, sort of empty buildings and de novoed well, into those. Well, they weren't empty because they had to have stay put contracts for, right. the, for oh, yeah. the employees. And so they were just just uh, B of A was was basically shedding, se- selling some of yeah shedding some of their. There's like three hundred. Yeah, so they sold some of their. You know, they have many thousand branches, so they're selling a handful of them. And for basically, them. it was these community banks brought bought them with some pretty you know strong stay put con- um, clauses for the. Current employees, which is great. I mean, mm-hmm. took care of employees um, there, but the sort of the Wall Street Journal's position is the technology offering wasn't there. What's funny though, I will say this, Wall Street Journal. I don't they interviewed like community people, like their general perspective on it. They didn't get any customers. They either. didn't get any customers that said I liked or didn't like the experience. They really sort of guessed general generalities. But I guess the point is what happens when a community bank takes over from this large um, large bank with a huge technology thing? I, I think I, I would actually give it the critique that a lot of assumptions were made or some assumptions were made um, that I don't didn't necessarily see researched. But I also think there's 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 a theme going on here that is actually accurate to almost all industries. And I'm going to sound kind of crazy here, but it's almost tech up or die. Yeah, and it's because cost structures, the ability to invest, capital outlays, whatever you want to call it, with smaller banks, there's not a lot of money for for often their own unique technology, and so you're relied on your core, you're relied on other providers, and some of them are great. Like this isn't a, a bash either side of that. No. Some of them are amazing, but if if you you know mobile check deposit, maybe even P two P now with the Zales. Uh, with Zelle being out there, maybe you know, being able to turn off your debit card when you want to and turn it on, locator branch locator. There's tools. only so there, much you can do. There is, but if you don't have those, it's kind of like you don't. It's table. Stakes. You almost can't play anymore. Yeah. But I will say this, and I'll say it plainly: if your reaction to this type of conversation inside of your bank is, but we invested in technology because that's. Sort of the danger that I see, yeah, but did you invest in technology that your clients want? Because just ticking the, but we spent this dollar amount and quoting that to me, this is a a danger and a trap that I see entities outside of banking, but specifically banks, say that like, but we did that thing that you asked us to do, but but you didn't ask what I really wanted. It was, but I have online banking. Yeah, but I can't do this, this, and that. I can't, as John pointed out, I can't turn off my debit card. I don't have P2P. My takeaway, first, last takeaway is, 
don't be defensive and then forget to listen because that's sort of a yeah. And I, I think there was you know on Twitter I saw a lot of community bankers posting they didn't come to our bank and they're not talking about us and stuff. Maybe you weren't you didn't exemplify the story they and, were telling about that. And you're doing better, so you don't fit the narrative they were writing. Yeah. So you know, good for you. And high five if you weren't mentioned in it, but or, there or, and you banks. shouldn't have been. But I do think there is an underlying warning sign. And go back to the old hackneyed, worn out expressions of the blockbusters and the et cetera, et cetera's that got you know companies made CDs when MP3s came out like that are out of business now. This isn't a warning sign per se because these were very specific situations that they cherry picked. All forty five hundred or so community banks don't fit this. No, and it was, but there are more than one more than the ones that they saw. There are, but I think it does kind of get first of all I, I sent this around to some people in my company I said in our bank and I said this is mandatory reading I said not because we're in this situation because we're not we're over 10 billion we're but a big technology bank, but knowing that technology and it talked about client experience one of the quotes in there said something like it's like after the other bank bought the branch it said it was like they bought a Cadillac but all the stuff inside of it was taken out of it so they saw the same thing but got a different experience when the community bank bought it than they had from when the the mega bank had it, and so the customers either stayed with the mega bank, which the other banks thought they had bought the customer deposits with the location. They walked because they were like, "You can't do this," but I've been doing this for years already, probably years mm-hmm. on some of the technology, and so they left. And the thing is, is that relationship is incredibly portable. Now, I will say this, and maybe I shouldn't, but so they and look, it's it's a large corporation with big lawyers but the thing that i thought that was missing that was funny that you see in a lot of bank deals is if you lose x amount of business there are clawbacks and provisions and, and i don't I, they didn't it wasn't mentioned they so you don't know i don't know it might but, not have fit the story but there were a significant it, amount of deposits lost that they thought they had purchased and yeah and normally in those deals so those of you that have participated in m a there is some deal that if you lose down enough and with a b of a those those relationships are so portable like i mean they were banking there probably for a reason i mean like i said that client didn't necessarily have a reason to stay with that bank because we're talking apples and oranges here i'm just well i'll just do business on my bank i'm not saying like b of a is better or not i'm just saying they already had them hooked why you can't force me as a client of that to, to stay them, to stay just because I'm not of obligated, here. and you don't need to assume that I'm going to bank with it's you. It's just a weird deal, and like I said, it's so they mentioned the 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 employees stay, but they didn't mention any sort of like provisioning and, for, and for hey, deposit. There may loss. not have been, and there may not have been. But I would, but I would say it's a weird. Like, there's, it's there's a weird more, story. There could, this is one of those deals that need to be like the three part story where yeah, they we, had. The initial one we read, then I want to hear from some clients, like why you left or why you stayed. And then I want to see the follow-up on well, some of the some of the banks sold, like they had to sell because they, they were no longer profitable. To a regional to a regional bank. Kind of community yeah, bank, but yeah. So there's some of that, but I'd love to see like a follow-up and maybe even a year from now what has happened and who decided. And look, this article that were it I think it was a good article as far as a read. Now, given it fit a certain narrative of community banks not having the technology to compete with bigger mm-hmm. banks, but I think you can, in some ways, if your core will invest and upgrade and and work with you on what you want, whether that's open APIs or creating the product before it get you know to compete with these third party bolt ons. I know it does. That takes, and we're already behind there. So you've got that design is important. I think mm-hmm. people forget. Go look at your website right now. And if it hasn't been updated in three years, call Mabus. 
<laughs> Please. No, well, or or another whatever. But yeah. my point is, call Josh first. But anyway, um, because he because he's my bud sitting over here. But anyway, well, to that point, if it hasn't been updated in three years, look, you're already behind. The thing I'll say that I will say unanimously, and and I will say this, I'll say this to CEOs, I'll say this to marketing directors. I mean, because this is something we research a lot. I mean, this is one reason we concentrate in banging. One reason that we give this podcast. It's not just about uh, all about getting paid for me. I mean, John knows. That. <laughs> Man, I'm getting rich off this thing. But well, this is no- nothing about being paid. Bobby's the only one being paid to be here. <laughs> he waved. He doesn't say anything. Um, but the the banking industry needs help in this area. Like, there most bank websites, including some big banks, are just bad. And and people and I'll go back. Well, and they say build, something. a lot of them build for SEO and not for the consumer, and that's a big mistake I see. Is they try to get you there, but they don't build for the experience. And I, some build for the experience, but just but aesthetics. I mean, yeah. like it's just bad aesthetics. I mean, they're big banks, and I guess they put more money in in app than than website. I don't know. But the point, w- one point I want to make to everybody listening to this is, and and again, this is one of those things, those defensive patterns that I see, is but we. But, like we just paid for our website, or we just bought, or we just upgraded, and it looks like two thousand four. Like, it, your consumer isn't just comparing you to another larger or community bank or regional bank or one of your peers. They're 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 comparing you to their experience on the web. Well, and, and so it's an unfair comparison. You're competing against entities that aren't even. This isn't Netflix versus Blockbuster. This is your bank versus Netflix. If my experience isn't as good, it's not as searchable and all of that, um, being just kind of having a a presence isn't isn't going to win anymore. And, um, man, I, I, it's just one of the things I see that's sort of a sad miss. Like, have a good-looking website. Well, it's just like the – I think we've mentioned this on a other podcast joking around. You know, we're eating lunch somewhere one time, and the lunch was average, and you were like, why just not make good food? I know taste difference, but like there's, there's a difference old, in quality of food. lettuce or like the meat isn't quite like if it's just. Yeah, and I'm not talking about fast food. Ver- like this was a sit down restaurant. Yeah, just make just have good food. Like you can. It might not be a taste that you like. like yeah, like I, it might be Italian. Like you might not and, like something, but at least make whatever it is good. And it's kind of like the website thing. I I think you can compete with big banks on design. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can. It's design. There it's are not, plenty of places. And again, obviously, call us first, but. <laughs> There are plenty of um, our peers out there who listen. We know we we watch you. You're listening. But so, but here's the other part of they that. They can do it for you too. too. I think banks have gotten extremely lucky with the fact that to experience another bank's app, you have to generally be a customer. Mm-hmm. And we we ch- talked about this on the on the checking podcast we did last time, which will now be a week ago when this airs. But uh, but that generally you have a 25% chance of having the same app experience with most banks because of the... 33%. C- well, because the cores. Yeah. So, I mean, you, so, you, so you may bank with us at Renaissance, and then you may bank with, I don't know, Bank XYZ out there, and you have the, other than the, the brand color, it's the exact, and whatever they've added on, if they chose to do yeah. Zelle or something, you're going to have a very, very similar experience. And, and this is for like 90% of your... Of your audience, yeah, your take, retail take core like the big deposit. four to five banks out that own sixty percent of the banking market, but yeah. that other forty percent that the rest of us play in, everybody's and yet we argue let's differentiate ourselves, but our app looks the same. Our website hasn't been updated in five years. We're not and and, and was behind five years ago. Yeah, and we're and we're still 
relationships and people are very, very important. But I, I joke about this, and I know it would upset feelings. So I understand when I say this, but for some clients, and I would say the vast majority of your transactional ones, the best banker is the one that can reset their password. Yeah. That's I mean, literally like for the bulk of clients, not your private client, not the ones not, that you see. And we're see. not talking about lending. We're talking about straight up your personal numbers. banking. Quantity and numbers. You're, the best banker is the one who can reset my password when I yeah. when I do something wrong or when I get a fraud alert or something. They can reset my... I mean, that's what I need is someone who can... And when I say I, I'm talking about what the clients we talk to say and we see. It's like... I just need my online banking, and I want to be able to do stuff. I, I like an app that gives me value, like the Bazing stuff we do. But my point is... But it's on the other side, and, and I'll use this as an example. And I get why. So all the IT um, security people out there, I'm not down on IT and security. But we heard, as bankers, you want a secure app. So then the standard is reset your password every 90 days, and you can't use the same one, you know two times in a row or in the last four times and you got people out there who just are like complaining but they've kind of gotten used to it but i guess my point is is that the best way to do it did we we listened that they wanted security and they didn't want obviously we got to have that but we did it it's almost like we just did it in this very bankerly way and forgot there's a human on the other side but we gave them what they asked for and you know this kind of again defensive nature and um wasn't really what they wanted, the, well, the client. Well, yeah, and when you make them or force them to update passwords every 30, 60, or 90 days, and yet they forget it a week later and lock themselves out, and you're like, but you should for- remember, and your IT's Thanks. all mad, and why do you forget? Because you make it so hard in this busy life we live to have access to my accounts, but yet I've got to respect the security too. So there's a balance. We all know right. that. But my point is, and, and there are plenty of people innovating in this space, I guess. I don't see it, uh, you know, on a lot of stuff. But it's, where is that side? I mean, it, this is the thing that drives me nuts. And I'll pick on on uh, my iPhone for a minute. So when my phone resets, I have to put in, I have a four-digit password on my phone because I don't put anything, you know, I mean, there's nothing really secure on there because um, we run our email security different and all that, but uh, it's got a different um, sort of login system. But when I reset my phone, I have one face, right? I mean, I've got my face. It's a sad one, too. It is, and nobody else would have it, or my thumbprint, my biometrics, right? But when you reset your phone, it's like, hey, don't be trying to break into this phone. You've got to re-enter that four-digit password instead of using your thumbprint or, or your, your face. face. Yeah. Don't be trying to do that. I think it'd be the other way around. Yeah, like before you use your – like I don't know what – and somebody out there, please write me. Because I guess somebody murdered someone held their it. phone over their face or something. Yeah, that maybe you wouldn't have both or whatever, but I'm just like, why, why when I reset my phone do I have to put my password back in? It's just these weird sort of wonky experiences that just – Frankly, I don't understand. It's probably because I'm ignorant. Well, and I, I think ignorant. when it comes to OAO, to the that, value. when it comes to OAO, that's the other problem is when when banks can control their own application processes or processes versus being, um, you know, held to the cores or whatever they have. And then your problem there is a different customer might want a different type of application. Again, why you know you've got Face ID connected to a phone that's obviously connected to an email sign up somewhere. The process, take a picture of a driver's license, look at the phone, you know, use Apple Pay, Venmo, Zelle to fund the account of another bank. 
there's and if you've got Zelle, it's connected to accounts. So unless you're fraudulently moving money, you could probably open an account just straight off the transaction in some senses. So I mean, it could be. In other words, the friction could almost be non-existent if we had banks that had similar whatevers to talk to each other when you signed and up. They, and there are three cores, three big cores. So banks do have a similar thing. But, I mean, nobody wants – you don't want to buy the thing that's portable to leave either, right? Yeah. I mean, that's not a great selling point. People can leave your bank very easily with this system. Well, uh – but. But then again, everyone thirty three percent have the same thirty three percent have the same experience. Yeah. So when you go to one or the other, the technology isn't winning because it's the same. But going back to the article, I, I think the takeaway for me was that banks have got to, and it talked about there. Banks have got to get serious about their technology budget. They've got to get serious about experience. They've got to get because the we've said this for years, but I, maybe if you're listening to it for the first time, you get this. Your website is a branch. It mm-hmm. is absolutely a branch. And, and you're probably your most visited branch. It's your most visited. It probably does the most transactions. And if it's not, I'd say you're probably doing something wrong. You know what? And I agree technology is a thing they're asking for. Um, but I've got banks. I would say that that I know banks that are more akin to that Wayne County, rural New York, that online banking doesn't matter as much. I think what it really is is that these people failed to ask those customers or to, to, to ascertain at least what those customers want. You know, a thing we used to talk about a good bit, I haven't heard as much anymore, but this whole voice of the customer initiative, and some banks are just now adopting it. It's not as in vogue as it used to be. Um, oh, it's in vogue. Never going to get it. It's in vogue. No, uh uh-uh. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's an on vogue song. I know. Um... But I want somebody that's Who used, was better, In Vogue or Destiny's Child? In Vogue. It was? Oh, I think just the, the beats and, I mean, probably like more talent maybe, Destiny's Child. Yeah. But as far as liking those two songs, um, I'm going to listen to it as soon as we get off the podcast. But my point is, I want to hear from somebody out there that's listening that did a voice of the customer that applied it and it made a difference in your bank. Did you listen? Did you actually listen to them? Because again, I feel like some of these things are more like checking up. But I did voice the customer. But did you apply it? Well, and did you initiate change from and it? And did you use it for your electronic touch points and not just walking down to the platform? Yeah. That's an, and a lot of banks do that. I'm not. This is, I'm just saying, make sure you do. If you sign up for a VOC, yeah, you know me, you've got to uh, have them also audit your website, your app, your mobile experience, your tablet experience, your desktop experience, not just walking into Polly the banker and sitting down and going, I'd like to open a checking account, and I'd like to open a business account. And did they ask you for savings? Did they ask if you were at needed a mortgage? And did they ask if you need treasury management because you've got a small business? or what? Like, There's got to be a voice of the customer on digital mm-hmm. and if you aren't doing that then you're missing probably more than half of your actual client experience well that and just your i, I mean i guess this this is a rant podcast holistic, it's a rant cast holistic view and then a plan to apply it um i i would say that the big problem in that wall street journal thing they they framed it as small banks i think it and look, all deference to that bank, um, I, I've got a bunch of questions 
is, is all I'll say. I've got a oh, not only the bank, but to the article, to the writer, to the customer. To like, there's the the article is like, good did because you, it's, we're much, talking about it. And I mean, how much did you pay for portable clients? Like a client that could just leave and bank with the app. Like it. So like, take Mavis Agency. If somebody, one of our peers, came along and said, "I want to buy you." And didn't ask, hey, do I get John Oxford and Renaissance Bank with that? That's that's that, that's a question you should ask. Because you're portable. You can just go with me. I've Yeah, I mean, so I guess unless I sign a non compete and all that stuff. Well, there was some stuff in there too about which goes well into M and A discussion and De Nova discussion is that uh they were slow to send out new customer information packets and they were slow to let to welcome them to the bank. They, I guess they just assumed. Now, they got this, them. Is, this is, by, by the way, I'm saying this is what I take from reading the article. Yeah, that was a very. So ass- I want to make sure that if this, whomever worked at that bank, like those guys didn't get the story. Look, I'm talking about what we read because I'm not very, what happened. I'm very defensive of our bank brothers and sisters, too, banker brothers and sisters, too. But, but if you didn't. But if you read the article and you did, and this is true, not fake news, it's true that they actually. Uh, were slow to roll out new customer information and slow to welcome them to the bank and just thought they assumed they just got these customers because they paid for a new branch. I think that's a, a it's kind of like an M&A thing. You just assume that they're going to bank with you because you bought their bank. No. And especially when the tech that they are leaving to stay with you is way better than what you have. Point is, it probably wasn't just about tech. Yeah. I think there were a lot of... There were a lot of other there, superfluous... It wasn't because they were a small bank. It wasn't because... But I've got a lot of questions, too. Yeah. It's a good discussion piece, though. When you read it, it really sets the tone for... I guess I would just say, don't discount it. I, I think all bankers should read it. Oh. I, I, no matter what you... If you totally disagree with it and you say... That's fine. I, I, I completely and wholeheartedly... I'm not saying it's a warning sign for everybody. John used the word canary in a coal mine. I think that, I think that is... I think it's, it's a... Hyperbole. It's hyperbole. It's... <laughs> epitome of hyperbole. No, I, no, I think it actually is a great warning for some people. I think there are banks out there that fit that that model and that it's very relevant. My point is, don't just discount it and and wash it away. It is th- there's some learning there for a lot of banks. So as we're speaking to this, the title of the article is "The Problem for Small Town Banks: People Want High Tech Services." So if you're going to look it up, it's in the Wall Street Journal. There is a paywall, so you might have to do some finagling free trial to get it. But Mine opened up, and I did can it. see it. I don't know what the deal with that was. I think I had to look at our one we had in the office because we still get a print edition delivered to one of the divisions that I went to. And on the print division, it had a slightly different title. I can't remember what. And, and it had some pictures of the branches and stuff. But my, my point is, and we've said this a lot, point is because we try to be at least tactical with our theory on this call. And I guess you know Josh is not – is the head of a co- of his company, and I'm just a humble marketing director of mine. So I'm not the CEO. I'm not in the boardroom, and thank God I'm not <laughs> for many reasons. Good and bad. And thank God as a shareholder and a yeah and a client of the bank. No, yeah, I'm kidding. Good and bad. John but, would be a but but to the point of that is it, it's even for marketers it's worth taking it because how do you position your bank with issues like this? I mean, you don't go buy a B of A location, and I'm taking this from the story, guys. Again, but we can only take what we read. If you go buy a B of A bank, you have to be prepared to overwhelm them with not only welcoming to welcome to the branch. If you go buy any bank, you've got I mean, to also show them technology at least equal to probably what they had before, or a workaround that gives them a similar experience to make them happy. Now, everybody's not going to be. I think the 
the cut line is 10% of the deposits leave if you have a that's like the worst case scenario when you do an m and I think you you expect five to maybe. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to have these kind of markers when you do a deal. Uh, but knowing all this stuff that you see from others, I mean, you got to have welcome package. You've got to have good communication. And you've got to have proactive stuff going on. Now, there's regulatory issues that prohibit you from doing some stuff you want to do. There was a lot of stuff we wanted to do in ours that sometimes it's like, well, we're not ready to announce that yet. The information's not there yet. We haven't you know, rolled this service into this yet. We haven't renamed this checking account yet. So there's a lot of stuff, you know, you're grandfathering this, a lot of issues. But if you look at that and they say they were slow to welcome them, slow to send out information, that's kind of your own fault. Yeah, and there's some, again, there's some other markers there, but small community banks um, getting ready for that sort of de novo, and of course this is more merger side. Um, I am not a merger consultant. I've been um, through several and um, they're all a little different um, the cultures and communities both the the existing employees and the um, I mean one of the things they point out I thought that was really telling is they went from a sales culture to not as much of a sell I mean there were just so many sea changes not just from the technology standpoint I, I mean it's it's hard to imagine with the sea change that succeeding if you didn't try your butt off period. And have the and have some of the tech. I don't think they got into the specific technologies that they mentioned because it's weird because it was about the twenty billion being invested by the big bank. It was about a, a recent huge merger between two companies that announced uh, BB&T and SunTrust announced that they were going to make a massive investment in technology. Which well, they is, said that they had to, yeah, to keep up with with the chases I mean, I, I, and yeah, the, the cities the, and stuff. So we get it, we get it. No, it, and, and so for the smaller banks, you know that don't have their own systems. It's core investment. It's third-party activation. And then it's beating those other banks with the customer service when you have the opportunity to provide that customer service because some customers don't need it and some need it big time. And here's the other thing I want to throw in is just because these large banks, you know, the SunTrust, uh, BB&T, right, BB&T, mm-hmm. um, merger, and, and like they had to, mer- I mean, that was their sort of through line. They had to merge for that. Well, they get a 24% overlap cost saving right. branches. And then they could reinvest. But it's not a dead, dead end for you, community bank. But I would say this we wouldn't be telling you to pay attention if we didn't think you could do it. But I would say this if you're a bank out there, and we may be one for all I know, again, I'm just the humble marketing director, don't sit in the boardroom. But if you're a bank out there and you're considering buying some of the branches that BB&T and SunTrust shed, this would be a great article to read to not scare you, but just to give you kind of an idea of what you might have to do if you're three-branch community bank and these guys are shedding, you know, they're going to shed 300 locations or something and you buy a couple of them, you, you need to know that this is a great example of some not some what not to do, yeah. I'd say. So that's well, my tactical takeaway. Is if you're if you're in the South and you're looking at BB and T, and who knows what they're doing? I don't work for their company. I don't know either one of them. But if you're in North Carolina, and they are or Georgia, and they have two across the street from each other, and one of them's going to shut down, and you're three branch community bank, family run, that. jockeying, and like, how can we get a new location on that corner? We've been wanting one for years. You got to do it right. Yeah, I just I guess my thing is is even more general is. It's one of the more interesting bank articles I've read lately. Yeah. I could I can't I can't dismiss it. No. 
that's why and I don't think to, you should. That's why I think we need to talk about it because it affects marketers, it affects messaging, it affects onboarding, it affects voice of the customer, it affects technology investment, it affects digital. And, and I'll say this: it's unless it's just wrong, and and hopefully I, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. But I'm, I'm just more, saying. But I have questions. The facts. I have questions. I do have questions. Things could have been omitted. Things could have been. Uh, well, again, the the shame on them from the coverage standpoint is. I think there's a big assumption that people left because of the technology, while one of the main things was that they didn't get sort of a welcome transition type message, which again, I don't or know. Or maybe they did and they just And they said yeah. it was slow. Who knows? It might have been well within a regu- early in a regulatory window and look, I wouldn't put it past a bank to have some type of thing in there that you can't contact our customers till we have the customers you bought until you have this long after the signage deal and then you can you know to protect them to yeah. get out from under it and who know who, who knows? knows exactly who knows but i don't know it was it's, it's worth reading it is so if i was gonna give the takeaways we've mentioned you know check out your website now does it need upgrading what can you do to upgrade your app you know what about your oao and your online applications and these are all more operational functions a lot but marketing comes into that with the digital side of design how can you help design a better experience for your customer and knowing that 33 percent of the customer base is going to get the same experience every time they and, move and just unless so you know, they're going with the big six what we're doing with that math is there are three big core providers so you're the likelihood of someone else having the same general mode, experience yeah, as yours it, it, what we mean is there's a your competing bank probably has one of the three so one third is 33 percent obviously yeah. and you know by statistics that's like again they're big deposits and some big banks have proprietary but probably within our competitors um 40 percent of the time it works 33 percent of the yeah. time <laughs> it's just it's just it's just worth considering it is it is so that's anyway a, I think we're bumping up on some time here. So for the Marketing Money Podcast, hopefully we didn't depress you today. This is John Oxford. And me. That will be Josh Mabus. James Oxford and John Mabus. Oh, they confuse us, but they never forget us. and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mavis Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.